Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 56 of the Everything Motor Racing podcast. I'm your host, Declan, as always. I'm joined by Cameron and Jacob. Hello. Hello, uh, Jacob. Right, episode 56 of the podcast. Quite some sizable names in this one, 56. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's so many to choose from. Um, the, one, the first one that springs to mind for me is uh, Johnny Ray on the Repsol Honda. Yeah, I did think that. Um, there are some others. Uh, okay. Come on. Come I, on. I, 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 I was thinking it earlier and I had them all and I was like... Think ah. back. Mugello, 200 mile an hour crash. Hey. Shinya Nakano. Oh, yeah, Nakano, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. Norfumi Abe used it as well at one point. Yep. Um, there's a Northern Thailand Cup rider who I've got written here, Jonas Okurchek. Or, oh, wait, hold on. Jonas Koko Jurek. Well done. Is that? I've butchered that. He's yeah, in Czech he Republic. Butchered the fuck out of that. Apologies. Yeah. He just pissed the entirety <laughs> of the Czech Republic off. Nah, he follows me, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but yeah. So, um, obviously, it's been another race weekend. It's a back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back weekend um, at Hareth. The kind of... The track that is like a, a leveler. A lot of teams are looking at this weekend as a leveler. It's a track. You know, it's a, it's the first track in Europe. Obviously, it's the second one this time with Portimao being first one. But Hareth's, obviously, it's where they all test. So, yeah. it's kind of like a common track for everybody. And it's it's the best leveler across the board for... You know where you want to see where you are. You know KTM were looking at looking forward to coming back to Haref to see you know how they would do, and yeah, it, we've had some interesting results. I, I think we've kind of had business as usual. I think across all three classes, we've not really had any surprises. We've seen Ducati finally. Well, no, sorry, not Ducati. Francesco Bagnaia finally, obviously, returned to the form. Me being quite annoyed because I predicted he'd come back at Portimao and he left it a week later and did a Hareth. I didn't put him on the podium predictions because I didn't think he'd have it and he's freaking gone and won the race. Um, but yeah. yeah, apart from that, I think business as usual. Um, KTM, mm. like I said, struggling quite a lot. Adrian Fernandez making his MotoGP debut. Um, <laughs> he didn't make his debut, it was a joke. Um, because... Raul. They could have slotted him in. They like, could've. aside from the angrier eyebrows, you couldn't really tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, and like basically, for anyone who doesn't understand, uh, Raul Fernandez posted a photo of Adrian in his levers, in his pit box, like, oh, ready to make your debut. Um, yeah, congratulations on your debut one or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it was decent racing. There was a few disappointments um, with, the, I think, the major one being at the moment... Jorge Martin taking his fourth DNF in six mm -hmm. races. Much to my disappointment. Yeah. We'll get yeah into that. You, you did he actually him. DNF this time? Because he got back on. No, yeah. So like, he did I... get back on and finish 22nd, but yeah. zero points, man. Yeah. Nil uh, And Rins, zero points. You know, we're gunning him up after last weekend. We're like, you know, he's from 23rd to 4th. Amazing. And then he yeah. goes and runs off track. It was a hot track, to be fair. He runs mm. off I track. I wouldn't say and... runs. Well, he did I would say track. I would say saved off track because yeah, Superman literally swooped in and you know how how the hell he stayed up he had no right so you know considering he could have been on the floor well, he did run off like, track I mean he could have ended up looking like a pretzel at that speed so you know to stay on very yeah. good 
Yeah, he did well to stay on in that gravel. Uh, somebody else who did very well to stay on was uh, Mr. Mark Marquez, as always, producing one of his little stunning saves. Yeah, it's good to see mm. that again, actually. Yeah, nice. it's been a long while, to be fair. Mm-hmm. We've not seen any of those mm. in a long time. Yeah, yeah um, what do you call it? It's only because it was a left-hand turn, you know. Well, no, because he normally saves them on his right. I know, I've just taken the piss of what people are going to say. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm quite disappointed as well on... Um, Neo Bastianini, you know, he's won two races this year. I did expect him to be a bit more up there now, but he's... I mean, like, obviously D and F last time round, so maybe he's just trying to get some points, but it was a bit... Hmm, like, well, you, maybe you would I have, expected a bit more. Yeah, you'd have considered him to be on, like, you know, more than, uh, what, 0.4 of a second ahead of Bezeki. Yeah, you, Bezeki's you, doing well. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, obviously nothing taken away from uh, Bezeki, no, yeah. but, like, you would have expected an A to be you know, a lot further ahead than a yeah, rookie on the same bike. Bruce, the first repeat winner of 2022 to be slightly more than that ahead of Bezaki, a rookie. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. he's still the only repeat winner. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I went a bit tits up this we, weekend. For we've had there. six races of five different winners. Mm. This is crazy, man. Like, we're, we're trying to get this, like... Like, oh, you know, we've had nine in the last five seasons now, 2016 and I think 20, I think it was 2020. It may have been like last year. We had nine winners in both seasons, definitely 2016, mm-hmm. you know. And we're like, oh, you know, we ever can see out 10. We've had six races of five different winners already. We need five more. You know, you look down yeah. the order, Marquez has got one in him, Miller's got one in him, Mir's got one in him, Rins has got one in him. So that's already four. Oliveira's mm-hmm. already won, Binder's got one in him. You know, Brad Binder got to win in him somewhere. Yeah, mm. Paul Spargo potentially. Yeah, you know it, we could we could see it, ten, eleven. Yeah, compared to like twenty twelve, where there was four winners and that's it. You know. Yeah, that's it. The error of the and people want Bridgestone's back. Yeah, I mean, why not? I, I think I think we need instead of Bridgestone's coming back. And being the sole supplier, we need to have like an open supplier, whereas whereby teams you have an open selection over the weekend. Michelin and Bridgestone, I want your opinions on this. Michelin and Bridgestone bring tires to the tracks, and teams can just choose whatever works for them over the weekend. So, it's like Ducati might use, I don't know, a Bridgestone around Le Mans and a ref, and then they get to Catalonia and they're like, no, the Michelins work better here, so they use the Michelin. One question about that, though. Yeah. Can you mix tyres? Well, like a Bridgestone front in Michelin yeah. rear? Um, no. Mm. We'll say no. We'll say no. And do they Otherwise, get any more practice cool, time? But... We'll say it... if, if you pick Michelin, you have to run the Michelin front and rear. Okay. But and, you don't get and... any more practice time, no. Right, no more practice time. I think that mm. would only work if you've got an open selection using both an FP1 and then you have to decide after FP1. Nah, because give them FP2 as well because changing conditions. Or FP2, that. yeah. Yeah, give them Friday. Like, yeah, yeah and then, Friday. And then, and they then, have then to you have to lock it in for the qualified in the race. Yeah, that you have to lock fun. in a tyre supplier. Could be good. The only thing, mm. Speaking of tyres, the only thing I wish do wish they'd bring back is qualifying tyres. Yeah, like the... Like the uh, what is it? The, yeah, the SCX and OSC. Yeah, that's it. SCQ. SCQ. They're using um, Supers, World yeah. Superbikes. Like, you know, just a one off lap, super sticky tire. Yeah. Can you imagine what the Ducati would do on that? Well, Peko already shown like 
perfect lap, as he said. The mm. brand new lap record, half a second nearly over Fabio Quartararo. It was something to behold, that, to be fair. Mm. And again, actually, think about it. Aleix started third today, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we had the first three start where they finish in um, MotoGP. Then in Moto3, we had the same as well. We started where they finished where they qualified. Agura went pole, P1 to pole. Uh, pole yeah. to P1. Oh. And it qualified second, did he not? No, no he fourth. Fourth, mm. that's it. I don't know where. I think Arbolino, Arbolino was third, I think. Arbolino was third, yeah. So and Lowe's, have... Not second, he was, and Lowe's was third. Ah, right. Okay, yeah. So out of the nine potential spots, seven of them finished where they qualified. It's quite impressive. It's qualifying is quite important around Jerez. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. is that a, the Jerez effect? It is. Mm. Like like we're saying, I think Jerez is kind of being outgrown by MotoGP. You can tell it's a very curb-to-curb track. You know, they hit the curb on the outside, they come in, they hit the inside curb, and then they go straight back out on the outside curb. Every lap, every corner, every rider does it because they're trying to use utilize the entire width of the track. And... Mm. Maybe that's where the tires come in, and maybe we could have better tires. You know, if you use these um, Bridgestone, Bridgestone one weekend, Michelin the other. Bridgelin. But, yeah, <laughs> Bridgelin, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just fuse a Michelin and a Bridgestone left and right. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's a kind of, I don't know, like a go kart track now. It's becoming a bit. Yeah. Like too, too small, small for MotoGP because of the power. The, the Moto twos and threes are fine on it. Um, but the actual MotoGPs are just a bit too big for it. You know, you get you go to a track like Sapanga, it's got massive long straights, it's got sweeping wide corners, and it's perfect for MotoGP, but then you go to like little tracks like, you know, Hereth and even Le Mans, to be fair, and you're, um, you're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. runoffs as well, which mm. become a concern, you know. Obviously, it's a super yeah. physical track to get around, but then when it goes wrong, you're also in more danger there, and it's it's, mm. it's if anything, it, it's more talent than bike based around her and that's why we saw the talent rise to the top so quickly. Yeah, and that's why um, in Moto three there was um, Isaac- <laughs> eleven KTM's. No, I no, we'll we'll go into the Hondas because there was an issue with the Hondas. Um, well, yeah, we saw Isaac Guevara on lap two at the fastest lap of the race. No one beat it after that. Lap two, Guevara he, is a he like the, the fastest laps. It was literally Guevara lap two. That's it. No one else beat his time. He didn't even mm. beat his own time. It was just bang straight there, done. He and tried to it. break the pack and failed. Yeah, he mm. did. Um, I don't blame him to be honest. Um, it's motor mm. free though. You're, you're doing well to do that, as we've seen. You know, it's yeah, Sasaki did it this year, and that's it. Yeah, I've yeah. seen the rookies Roeda did it at Portimao, you know, but it's it's very difficult to do in that lightweight class when everybody's jumping down your throat and, you know, you try and like smooth out this corner and then you've got six bikes diving up the inside of you because they're caught on your slipstream and it's, it must be yeah. a nightmare. Like actually, Roeda actually said after the rookies race two, because it was a massive scrap, he said yeah. in the part of Vermi, he was like, I was trying to get away, but every corner I was just getting dive bombed and they were just coming at me, you know, and he said he in couldn't very get to broken rhythm. English. Of course. Well, yeah, he is obviously Spanish, so... Uh, he needs, yeah, yeah, it's Paul. For, like, you, you, we've come to expect a certain How's your Spanish, we? Jacob? That's what I uh, thought. What's the Spanish word for bad? Malo. <laughs> See. So, yeah, you can't like, really No, like, you've come to expect a certain level of English that we don't do polished with the rookies. And mm. Rueda isn't there yet. I think he will be, but... I don't really think it's relevant. Um, but, you know... Of course like, it's relevant. Not really, is it? 
if everybody else is speaking good English and then you're not. I think they get English lessons, but I think... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I guess it depends what the purpose of the English is. If it's purely so that the viewers can understand them, then sort it. Like, why do they have to learn it? But I mean, if, if it benefits them communicating with teams, then... Yeah, if it's communicating with their team, then it's important. But, you know, mm-hmm. he raced, he's raced for Monlao for years. or a Spanish team yeah. and he's a yeah. Spanish rider. He's not really needed to. And it's not like it's... MotoGP or, or the world... World Championship lacks Spanish people. No. <laughs> like, even like Michael Avati's British team has Italians and Spaniards working in there, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be fine. Although, to be fair, like, I'd criticize him. It's still better English than Canet. So, you know. Canet's English is shite. Yeah, I don't think it is. Anyway, it was, it's not really relevant, is it? Anyway, um, but yeah, like, yeah, I'm trying to get back on topic now. But yeah, like, it was a pretty solid. Rebel rookies races with um, the beast Maximo Martinez or Maximo Quiles, as I like to call him, taking his first win in race four of the series and race two at Jerez. Mm. You know, he's a little pocket rocket. He's a uh, 2021 European Tank Cup champion and he's an absolute beast. He's an mm. absolute demon. And obviously, Rico Samalo is even smaller than him, but he's um, he is an exceptional talent. I'm actually really excited to see his uh, career blossom. Yeah, he'll be in World Championship sooner rather than later. Uh, soon as, as soon as he can go up, he will. Four years' time. Well, it, the thing is, he can get obviously a dispensation if he uh, wins the rookies, which is why um, Rueda is in there. So, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there is a big topic though. So with the... We'll cover some silly season quickly. Um, mm-hmm. In the rumours that Fabio Cuartararo has penned a potential deal to stay at Yamaha for 2024. So two more years at Yamaha. Mm -hmm. Mm. And also, on the same day, it was announced that he's relaxed his demands, apparently. Yeah, I saw that. So is that offering himself to teams and not yet signed? Maybe. Or Or maybe he's relaxed his demands to Yam. Maybe like teams, he's realized other teams don't want him. I don't know. I don't see why they wouldn't want him, you know, but... I think he got to yeah. Portugal, won there dominantly, and then was like, oh, wait, actually, maybe, yeah, maybe they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah, maybe he's like got a bit more confidence now. Instead of going, you have to pay me X amount of me to stay with you because you suck. He's gone, yeah. You know what? It's actually all right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, yeah. The, the philosophy makes more sense now that we're back in Europe. And he's like, oh, wait, actually, you know, because yeah. even today, even though he, was, he didn't win, what the gap to third was near enough. 11, 11 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. What you was can't the gap say, to the next yam? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> would be the one to really look at. What, what was the, the gap g- to the next yam? Next yam. Where is it? Who was it? It was Bobadelli, wasn't Bobadelli. it? Bobadelli. Uh, so 27 seconds. Good Lord. Wait. Yeah, no, wait, like... wait. To Fabio, to him. Sorry, 15. No, 17. 16 seconds. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, like wait. that's. Wait, no, I'm no, no, completely no, you're wrong. wrong. Yeah, 27 no, seconds. He was 27, 27 seconds, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yep. I was doing it from 30. Like that, that's, that's a second a lap near enough. Yeah. Over? Yeah. Like, Jesus, man. It's really bad. Well, again, more silly season rumours are that Frank Morbidelli's contract could be... Um, he's obviously contracted with Yamaha, the 2023, but that's not to say he's with factory Yamaha. You know, it's like a Ducati contract where they can put you where they want. There are rumours that Franco Melbadelli might find himself back up with you Yamaha. 
for 2023 and top right Glue coming in. Mm. Again, it's still a rumor, please. We're going to say take all this with a pinch of salt, but again, there is the rumor that this rumor is a top Mac keep bobbling up, but I was on um, Twitter just reading about it because Top Rack is confirmed to be testing the Yamaha M1 in July. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and somebody asked um, Matt Oxley, it was, they were like, oh, you know, what about this, um, you know, the Red Bull situation, Red Bull Monster? And Matt very, I basically said, you know, oh, you know, he'll, he'll leave kind of thing. But I don't think people really fully understand Top Rack's relationship with Red Bull and why he won't leave Red Bull for Monster. No chance up hands. Absolutely, like leave Red Bull alone. Like, not gonna happen. Yeah. Leave for a rival. Yeah, definitely not gonna happen. Because you got to remember, like for people who don't really know why it's so important, Cobrack obviously is mentored and managed by Keenan Sofoglu, who has deep, deep, deep relationships with the CEO and the guy at the top of Red Bull Turkey who pay Keenan quite a lot of money. Keenan, over his racing career, despite only racing in World Supersport for the majority of it and winning five titles in World Supersport, and 25 million Great British Pounds. He was getting paid more than a lot of MotoGP riders to race in World Supersport, thanks to these very wealthy sponsors in Turkey, including Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Which is why you see all his riders, Top Rack, Chan and Denis Onsu, I'm not sure why Batayin hasn't got it yet, all adorned in Red Bull. You know, even when um, Chan moved to World Supersport, he stayed with Red Bull. He, you know, he raced with the Red Bull IO team. Dennis Onsu races for a Red Bull-sponsored team. So mm-hmm. there is that mega hefty link. And I'm sure with Top Back's achievements now, he's very friendly with the CEO of Red Bull Turkey as well. And there was a figure last year that we discussed on this podcast that said he was getting paid. This was before he won the title and before bonuses. It was getting like 70,000 great British pounds a week from Red Bull. Good Again, Lord. I'm not... Yeah, from I'm one not sponsor. Sure. Yeah, from one sponsor. Again, I'm not... <laughs> I don't take that as concrete, but I, we got it from a solid source. I can't remember the source, or otherwise I would quote it. But, you know, he was yeah. getting 70 million... No, 70 grand a week... That's great British pounds. And no, that was before he won the title. So now he's won the title. He's going to be getting That's even football more. football wage, you know? Like, yeah. You know, everybody says, oh, footballers are overpaid, this and the other. That's a footballer wage. That is crazy money. If it's, it's a true. drop in the ocean to Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nothing That's to Red thing. Bull, who's got a marketing budget of $2 billion a year. But, yeah. you know, it means... He's getting paid a lot, if true, obviously. And he's probably on probably 100K now, we'll say, if he's won the title and he gets a big bonus. You know, he was, when he was in negotiations with Yamaha, the deal nearly fell through because they were like, well, we kind of want you to drop Red Bull because they, when they run the Suzuka 8 hours, they run with Monster Energy logos all over their bike. You know, even like Nagasuga runs the Monster Energy. And if Top Rack was to ride for Yamaha, they'd want him to do the Suzuka 8 hours as he is a previous winner with Kawasaki. But... Top Rack negotiated a deal where he could race for Yamaha with Red Bull. So, money talks. With that, with that in mind, he's not going to go to a monster Yamaha team who won't be. A, I don't even think Valentino Rossi is getting that much money from Monster or Lewis Hamilton is getting that much money from Monster. So, for them to then suddenly pay Top Rack that over, say, Rossi, I just can't see it happening. Again, this is all theoretical. This is from the figure we've given that could be wildly incorrect because it's quite a lot of money. But if that is the case, 
it's it, I can't see it happening unless they yeah. unless they just swap and go right. Okay, we're Red Bull Yamaha for one side of the garage and Monster for the other. But again, Monster are going to deal with that. What did Davy do? Just drop them all together. He haven't dropped them all together, have he? Because he's going to get them back when he leaves Yam. Nah, he'd he'd have he'd have he'd have Red Bull now if he um if he. Because that team's not sponsored by Monster anymore, so he could he could have Rod Red Bull now, but he's not. Because hmm. I thought it was a case of obviously because he came in halfway through the season. No, he, he fully dropped Red Bull. What David did to come back? It was his Shuey deal. That's he's not a Shuey deal. Yeah, he's got an Alpine Stars helmet deal, but um, no, Davi's full of straight up dropped Al, um, Red Bull. Yeah, there's no way Tom Rack's going to do that. Is there? That's the thing, and like, like I'm not disrespecting Matt Oxley, by the way, because he's you know one of the best in the game. But I don't think maybe people realise the full extent of Top Rack's deal with it. Um, you know, on the surface level, it's just a sponsor, but the yeah. reality is it's more than that. Because mm. you look at riders like Dovi, who was with Red Bull from like 2003 until 2011. You know, it's a long sponsor and he ditches them for Monster Energy to race the Tech 3 Yamaha or Jonathan Rea, whose entire career was built by Red Bull and his Red Bull's backing all the way from like the junior, very junior categories. He raced for the Red Bull team, then went up in the BSB categories, was in British Supersport with Red Bull and then carried the logos all the way through um, Pata, no, Tenkata Honda you know, and was with Red Bull for well over a decade, maybe close to two decades. And then as soon as I carried, he even tested the Kawasaki with Red Bull logos on his helmet. Yeah, that was nuts. And then as soon, and then suddenly bang, the team do a Kawasaki monster energy deal and bang, he's, he's swapped over. Jorge Lorenzo was with Monster oh, for years. loved the monsters energy, yeah. didn't he? And then bang, he's with Red Bull. And then as soon as he leaves um, Honda, bam, he's back with Monster very yeah. briefly. And that was weird. Yeah, that was, it was like a month sponsorship. It was like all oh, back in yeah. it, tested in the logos, and then nothing again. Maybe you needed some party money. Mm. Or some food money. Um, but yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> some barley holiday money, I was. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, on topic of Lorenzo, he's a, he's a MotoGP legend, isn't he? Well deserved. I don't think we needed a medal to say that. No, but, you know, it's it's good for the PR, isn't it? Mm. Nice but to yeah. have it in writing. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's finally like um very happy for him. Um yeah. but yeah Rightly. back to um silly season quickly as well. Miguel Oliveira, there is still some talk about him and Yamaha as well. I he, I could see him dropping Red Bull. He's dropped Red Bull before, he'll drop it again for Monster. Mm. I could see him doing it. I could see Ralph Fernandez again is still not happy in KTM. His manager's recently changed from a top person in Red Bull slash KTM to Somebody outside of there, meaning there's probably going to be a divorce there. Less ties, yeah. I'm sure. Dobby's... We knew that a lot at the start of the season, though, didn't we? That's the thing. Like, Ralph yeah. was never, ever doing more than one KDM season. No, and I nah. think one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle now has been solved with Ayagora. I think that final nail in that coffin for uh, Takaki Nakagami has been... Um, yeah. I think it was last week, I do, but... Yeah, I think Ayagora's like, win now it. has cemented it now. Yeah, if, if he hadn't signed already, there's probably a contract in front of him as we speak. Yeah, or very close to being anyway. Like, he's 19 points off Fietti. It's not far. You know, he's finally a race winner. He's never won a Moto 3 race. His mm. last race win was in the Junior World Championship at... Hereth? Yeah, it was Hereth. Or, yeah, it was Hereth. So, you know, he's been waiting a long time. Um, yeah. 
doing an elation, eh? It's mad though, because Iagora spent two years in Moto 3. Now he's in his second year in Moto 2 and he's already a beast. You're like, brah, get in Moto GP now, dude. Yeah, he is Honda's next big home hope. Why don't yeah. they put him in Repsol next to Mark? Just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Because they, I, I think they'll want him carrying the Indomitsu. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair shout, but... Because it's, it's really if Chantra goes there. Mm. <laughs> or a double in the Mitsu. I'm just taking a minute to like think about all this stuff you're saying. I'm like, yeah, what if? Yeah, like, that then, could work. <laughs> yeah. I can't see either of them go going to Repsol simply because of the Indomitsu, because they're going to need a home rider in Takarine it, though. They'll take, well, they'll take one of them for a home rider, mm. and, you know, the other one can go Repsol, you know? Well, I don't think they'll promote the other, because they'll still want a strong showing in Moto2, and Mario Aji may not be on it straight away when he goes up, you know? Mario Aji? Oh, come on, he, he got to go up, haven't he? If oh, you are actually talking about Aji, I thought you made a mistake. Yeah. Mm. He got to go up, haven't he? He has to. Yeah, he, he's, he's freaking massive, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, too he big. Yeah, he throw that bike about 30 meters, I right? <laughs> Yeah, it's he's massive. He's a hefty So he'd boy. be the one going up. Yeah. Um... So then that would replace one of them. I think they'd want to leave another to stay strong in the Moto2 class. I could see out of two, I could see Agura moving up. Purely because yeah, he's 19. Yeah, he's definitely. so young. You know, and they Japanese. Need, yeah, they need the young blood in there. Um, but it's looking mm. good. Um, another chalk that is chalk that's going around... That I do want to probably talk about is the rumor that Romano Fanati, after five, oh, it's now six races, will <laughs> lose his seat for Le Mans, which is the next round, to Alonso Lopez. Bullshit, isn't it? It's like, why? And you're not, you're not saying that as in it's bullshit because you're lying. You're saying it's no, bullshit no. because it's it's unfair kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, not. The rumor is not bullshit. The the act is bullshit. Yeah, because the team who even kind of confirmed it and said it was because of a lack of results for a I guy think... who has done Moto Three has done a, a very good season. We must say, apart from Mizano on a Kalex, then went back to Moto Three for a few years and then has come back and is six races into his return on a flipping speed up that he's never ridden before. That's pretty uncompetitive, apart from Fermi making it look amazing. And you're like, what are you doing, bruv? Yeah, it's a, a lack of results. It's stupid. On what is technically a rookie, but not. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, you can compare as good him, as no, you can compare yeah. him to Furman all you like. But the thing with Furman is that it's different to Fanati. Furman's already got thirteen races under his belt on a speed up last year, plus I think seven or eight World Championship experiences, plus the races he's done this year. He's already got maybe. Th- those are 30 races on the speed up. Of course, he's going to be battling for the front. He's a supreme talent. But, you know, if. I was going to say, plus he's special. <laughs> yeah. You know, if Fanati had a full season and it was half the way into next season on the same bike and wasn't performing, then yeah, fair enough. But it's not like the team has history of doing this shit, though. Like when they had. Monte, uh... Well, hold on. When they had Danny Kent back in the years, years ago, like obviously. Danny Ken, Danny Ken, but the team often gave Quattararo the good parts and Danny Kent peanuts. You know, Quattararo had special tests at Aragon that was just for Fabio and Danny Kent wasn't even invited, even though they were in the same team. You know, and like Fabio was getting mm. these special parts and it's like, what the hell are you doing? And then 
Axel Bassani left, left left the team after like five rounds because the team were dicking him about. And then mm. Montea again last year got sacked for Fermin Aldiger because Fermin was performing. It's like they're like they're not content with what their current riders are doing. They're always looking to the next one. Oh, who else can we get in? Like I'm absolutely over the moon for Alonso Lopez if it does happen because he I, he fully deserves a seat. But it's weird. Yeah. Alonso Lopez got sacked whilst teammates of Fanati and now will yes. replace replace Fanati. Yeah, yeah, that's a 300 grand fuck you, that isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah, it's mad. Mm. Um, yeah, Lopez is good enough to be a world championship but to ride a full time. Yeah, no mistake. He's gonna right. be on a Kalex as well next weekend's a race, uh, Estrel race opener. Yeah, so you know, that's gonna be a case of. Lopez is going to probably outperform Fanati if we're being honest. But he shouldn't be on that bike. Same as last year with Montea Furman, as much as, you know, I've been tooting Furman's horn, he should not have been on that bike. Look, no. Montea did nothing wrong. Progressed, maybe not as quick as they wanted, but definitely didn't cook his goose and get worse. Yeah. And then to ban him on the grounds of fitness, even though he provided a full fitness certificate from medical direction. It's just a bullshit way of getting him Luka out, isn't Baskoskaro it? is playing a dangerous game and it's going to backfire on him very soon because he's going to lose Furman very soon. Well, yeah. GP teams are going to snap him up. Furman's got a three-year deal in that team, but I can see... I can see him going to a Kalex very soon. I mean, his his luck is horrendous, as we've seen. But um, once that luck mm. kind of finally stops, you know, finally turns in his favour, he will be... Like, he would be a solid title contender if he didn't get knocked out. Yeah, thank you, would he Would it happen on the Kalex? Because obviously, Buscos grew different lines as the other. I don't know. One, it like, depends. Obviously, I, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. Mm. But Kalex is still better. Has to ride that differently to a Kalex. Yeah, he would. Um, yeah, I do feel sorry for him. He got knocked out by um, Jake Dixon again. Um, so yeah, I'm not even. I'm no, not, not we even talked bonus. about too much about Jake Dixon last time. We're not even going to talk about. And if I just... start, this will be a two-hour podcast. Like because bruh. he actually did boil my piss this week. And then he right, I'm so I'm sorry, but he then tried to blame it on Furman and like, yeah, that's and you're what like, you mad? Are you stupid, bro? But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that heat, it wasn't on. It wasn't on. But it's stupid. <laughs> it, it was. It was a sim racing move. Yeah, you know, we would just hit reset and get back on the bike. You yeah. can't do that in real life. Mm-hmm. No, great, like. He needs to stop finishing races, man. But, um, you know, I, I was gutted for Furman, though. He's got such a good result under his bag coming soon. Um, mm. But the man of the whole weekend for me was Aaron Cannett. Yeah. Yes. Hard bastard. There's no other way to put it. Like, the thing is, right, we didn't even put him in our predictions for this week. None of us did because we didn't think he'd be racing. He I had know. an operation. Was... Six yeah, it... days ago, he had an operation. And it wasn't second. so much that I didn't think he'd be racing because, as I said in the pod, I thought he'd be minor, but I thought he'd fade. And well, you like, would expect again, so. He, yeah, like, again, like, based on the result, I don't know if he faded or whether a guru just thought, all oh, right, it's time. Probably a bit of both. But nonetheless, I expect him to fade to maybe 8th, ninth, 10th, you know? Yeah. Or fade second. Around such a physical <laughs> track as well. Yeah, like, you know, he, he's built like a boxer. He clearly got the pain threshold of a boxer as well. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not outstanding. Not human. Um, but the rider I'm quite disappointed by is once again Pedro Acosta, man. Yeah, how many DNFs is that now? 
three now. He's had three. Three in a row, man. Three in a row. Did they count as a DNF today or is it just, did he bring it home with Um, no points? Well, he's three crashes in a race in a row. Basically. Oh, right. He, okay. he, he didn't get the points, but he did manage to beat Antonelli. He did yes. finish a race. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, what's Salach. going on with Salach, mate? He was like. He, he put a post up saying that um, they completely went in the wrong direction. Yeah, the but the thing is, right, he was a beast at Qatar before he crashed out and now nothing. Mm. Like, what happened? Him out, he put wet tires on so you can forgive. Yeah, but like. He was an absolute beast. We were like, wow, what on earth? He's finally in Moto 2 and he's doing so well at Qatar and now... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, his setup in there. Um, from what I what he was saying, his setup in there, they were in a low point, but he did say he'll get better. Um, I do. And I believe he only needs a bit of confidence. You know, one good session, shoot him 10, 15 places up the order. Yeah. yeah. It's just a bit... Uh, like, I'm quite It's, it's all between the years. Yeah, yeah. that's it. His teammate did well, mind Alessandro Zaccone. Good to see him actually battling up in points paying positions. Who, sorry? Yeah. Yeah. Ali Zak. Yeah, Zaccone is a good rider, man. He's just maybe maybe it's a team and not him, because he is a good rider, as we said, like, but but like Zaccone hasn't been anywhere, has he? And then all of a sudden he just rocked up at Harath. You know, a track he knows like well. Yeah. Look at the difference. Eleventh yeah. is solid. Yeah. Yeah. Like considering he'd been you know, 23rd, 24th, 25th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to go back on this, um, no, Romano Fanati thing quick because we've kind of got yeah. carried away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, actually, about Fanati and him obviously losing his ride after five rounds, you know, Salvador lost his seat before the season even started. Is some, should, right? So basically in F1, when there is a dispute between a team and a driver, the team can't just sack the driver. They have to take it to like an independent body who will basically view everything and view all the thing. And then the team can then decide, no, the independent body will then decide if the team should sack the driver or can sack the driver or if they should just stay working together. It's helped yeah. save some drivers and it's also helped screw some drivers over by actually, yeah. you know, getting them booted. Should this have, should they have something like this in MotoGP to stop riders losing their seats like this? But is this because a disagreement? It's a job. They can, because it's the court of the arbitration of sport who it goes to. MotoGP falls under the banner of sport. Mm. So they can. Like the the one of the main ones I can think of, because our mate Liam brings him up quite a lot with what happened in F1, is um, Guido van der Gaard in mm. F1. I don't know. Um, contracted to Sauber, I want to say, maybe Caterham. Um, at the last minute, they replaced him with Esteban Gutierrez. Mm. Uh, he turned up at the preseason test, expected to drive, contracted to drive, this and the other. And um, Cass actually ruled in favour of Sauber. Van mm. God lost the drive and Gutierrez got the seat. Let's like just a... pop another whiskey while you're talking about F1. Nice. Pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the sound um, effect of it. The... Well, it's like Carol yeah. Abraham when he lost his seat at... Um, at... Avintia. No, uh, yeah, it was just yeah, an email. Avintia. He just got an email. Oh, yeah, you're not coming back. Um, but like, <laughs> he got an email? Some... Yeah, yeah, it's just it an email. <laughs> it was just an email. But... It's like being dumped by text, isn't it? But like, well, I've got some like <laughs> tweets here because some riders are getting quite angry about it on Twitter. So Gabriel Rodrigo yes. was like, I'm feeling so sorry for Romano. It's shit. And very unfair how teams can destroy a racing career because they are destroying careers out here. 
Yeah. You know, results are not accepted. Reason only five races after the start of the season. Even more if we speak about a rookie with some thumb down. The organization shouldn't allow this. Then Josh Herron piped in. Um, oh, that was spicy. And said, <laughs> so Josh Herron raced in Moto2 for like six races. Um in 2014, after being crowned the 2013 Moto America champion, so the Premier Superbike class. Was it? Yeah, okay. Was it? Only six races. I thought he'd finished the season. No, no. He, he did like literally like maybe five or six races. It was nothing. Um hell. What, what I, happened? Because he was Zarko's teammate, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So, hold on. I'll get it up. I'll see how many races it actually was quick. But I, it was, I, I, I felt like he finished the season and then got replaced. But oh, no, it was... You might be right. It was very long. So, it was... Look, I'll just write down. So, Caterham. Oh, Remember the Caterham? Oh, no. He did. He bat. did. He got to Silverstone. He did Silverstone. Out to Silverstone. So he did. That, that makes sense like why he was races. in the hotel in England then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Heron basically was Zarko's teammate. And Zarko was obviously doing really well. He was mm-hmm. sixth overall that year. Got a load of podiums. Um, basically, Josh on the suitor it was as well. was basically right. being asked mm-hmm. to ride the bike like Zarko to try and do some you know, results. So Josh basically said, I agree with Gabriel Rodrigo saying, Katum did this to me in 2014. I woke up to the news in a hotel in England, never paid me any of my $80,000 salary or travel, almost ruined my career, had to come back to America and start at the bottom again. Sorry to Romano. And then Loris Baz clocked in as well and said, happened to me in 2014, signed to MotoGP with Aspar, and they fired me 10 days later without what? telling me because they suddenly realized I was tall. What? Hold on <laughs> like, a second. By the time I had already turned down my offer in World Superbikes, I was paid three in championship at this time, and almost, almost stay with no ride for 2014. So basically, almost had no ride in 2015. Sorry. Mm. How yeah, tall is uh, Loris Baez? Like six four, six, two. No, he's six two, isn't he? I would say um, he's 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 good chunk over six foot. You know, right, he, he's okay. not your typical bike build. He's one point nine two meters. A six two then. Yeah, it's getting pretty tall. But still, I no, mean, six four. He could he could ride any roller coaster. Yeah, but that's six foot four. Oh no, is, six foot three, six three, six three, six three. Ah, so six we're in the two, middle. Yeah. We're in the middle. Like you know, that's quite a quite a big boy. Yeah, that is a hefty boy. Yeah, that that Caterham thing because um, if I remember rightly, it was Tony Fernandez, who was a Malaysian businessman, hence the Air Asia sponsorship at the time. But he completely fucked around with the money with Caterham in the bike, and then proceeded to go and do the exact same thing in the cars with Caterham. Like, how did he get away with it twice? Oh, the, right. there's some proper dodgy people in the sport, but it's... Yeah, but like he was openly doing it, completely messed two, two teams up with their finances. How was he allowed to own a team? Crazy, yeah. man. Even if he just put in a different name and cocked it up, you know, but to be so open and brazen about it. Yeah. He also owned QPR, if I'm not mistaken, a football team. Like, no one... Got him relegated. No. Lost all their money. And... Like, no wonder people get cynical and come up with conspiracies. Yeah. You know, like, with Michelin or whatever, when there's all these sort of, like, deep connections and people, like, screwing each other over. Mm. No wonder people speculate about some really... Wild stuff. Like, yeah, and stuff, stuff that yeah. it's not even that harmful, I guess, in terms of, you know, ruining careers, but still people get up in arms about it. No wonder well, people come away with this, because when yeah. stuff like this goes on, it's... 
it's, it's nice. not uncommon for things to be like dodgy or fixed or you know yeah. like I think like a party in um <laughs> again to go back to F1 when like Alonso there was an incident with Alonso and his teammate and um, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. That's it and Nelson Piquet Jr. Alonso safety card like on like lap two of the race because they weren't going to win the race unless a safety car no unless a safety car came out no no. So I'll, um, I'll explain it again. I messed it up. So Alonso yeah. <laughs> pitted early in the race because the only way he would have won or the championship or something is if a safety car came out because he messed it up. You know, he wanted a better strategy with faster tires, um, whilst everyone was on worn tires. And then a lap after he had done his pit stop and got new tires, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. crashed hard enough to bring the safety car out and Alonso like won the race. And then it was a conspiracy for ages that, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it was all dodgy. And then PK Jr. got sacked by the team and was like, yeah, yeah it was. It did happen yeah, like that. Flavio Briatore oh, wow. is still serving a lifetime ban from Formula One for that incident. Is he? He's still know. serving yeah. a lifetime was, ban. Who'd have thought? Yeah, Flavio Briatore. <laughs> he, um, he, he was the epitome of dodgy, that man. Like, you, you know, if, like, if, if, like, dodgy people but to speak about their hero, it's Flavio Briatore. Right. right, right, dodgy guy. And he's he's now, he's still serving a lifetime ban. And Well, he will until he dies, yeah. I guess, because it's a lifetime ban. Yeah. I find no, that like, a, a in, good like, sentence. He's, he's appealed. <laughs> appealed a few times. Right. Nothing. Uh, Not yeah. a sausage. Oof. But yeah, it's, um, from what I gathered with it, it was the time where it was like, just after they cut refueling out, and obviously after he was two sets of tyres. So Alonso went on to the harder option to finish the race. Mm. And then a, a lap later, Piguet was instructed to crash into the wall. And it was still Singapore street track. Yeah. So obviously, lots of laps down. Horrible track as well. I hate that track. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, like Cameron said, there's no wonder why there are conspiracy theories that get thrown around about this, that, and the other. Like, I think there's some truth to a lot of them, like with the Marquez Lorenzo 2015. Like, I think that... Oh, whoa. Because I genuinely do think that Marquez helped Lorenzo to win the title that year. You know, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, but shh. Yeah, we can't <laughs> talk about that. We can't talk about that. But, we can't talk know, about like, that, but I, it happened. I, I do think that there are a lot of truth to a lot of conspiracies. You know, the overnight tires with Rossi, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, like, there are a lot of conspiracies that, you know, you're like, uh, stuff like this A happens. lot of the tinfoil app brigade are actually... Pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they, yeah. some of them are completely wild. But, like, every now and again, you see a rumor, and it's completely baseless, but you totally think, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, maybe yeah. Like something, yeah. It is. There's no wonder why there are, like, just things. But it, it's... It's also, it's a shame for like riders, you know, like like I get the because someone gave me the argument earlier of like oh you know MotoGP is a business though and if if you're in a job and you get fired, um, then you know you have to find a job elsewhere and it's very normal. And like yeah, it is, but it doesn't mean it's right, you know. Like mm. you, you can I, you I, can I, sue for unfair uh, dismissal. Yeah, yeah. you can. So and the and, thing is, like it. It's a case of they sacking him for underperforming, but how can you sack him? As I said, he's not, but he's he basically is yeah. a rookie. Yeah, after five races for underperforming, he's got points <laughs> like, as well. What? What? Yeah. yeah what, what do you want from him? Like, yeah, yeah. they wanted to be doing firming, like, but it's not yeah, gonna like, happen. It's not gonna happen, man. 
It's just Especially not on a speed up. You know, there's, there is mm-hmm. a reason why Aspar switched from speed up or Bosco Scuro chassis, and there is a reason why none of them are in the um, Junior GP Championship this year. Yeah, he's, he's always been a slow burner as Fanati. Yeah. You know, they would have known that well, when they employed him, considering they've been watching him in the World Championship since 2012. He did, you know, he did get a podium changed. in his second ever race in the class, but uh, we will forget about that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, overall, How old is he? 26? 25? Well, I mean, he's got 10 years on Furman then. I would yeah. speculate that, I mean, I'm not, bike racer or anything but I feel like the younger 26. you are the easier you could probably adapt to a bike yeah and the easier it is like, to remove your brain is the word you're looking for yeah remove your brain and just sort of do things differently without really thinking about it too much kind of yeah. you know you don't like think about consequences at just 16, learning yeah. stuff in general it's way easier for a 16 year old to learn something and pick something up than it is for someone 10 years older I know that mm. all too well. I miss being 16 yeah. and just being able yeah. to grasp something. And I dare say that sort of translates to riding a bike as well. Um, yeah, it did. Like, I wouldn't, like, well, obviously, I, I was actually racing at 16. Ooh. And some of the stuff I did, I would not even think about hitting now. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. Well, like, you're a family man now as well, chance. which doesn't help. It's not or, even that. It's <laughs> just, I don't want to hurt myself. Yeah. It, Whereas well, at exactly. the time, I, I wouldn't, I, that, that didn't even cross your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're going to stack it, you're going to stack it at the time. You just think you're invincible. Well, you just get million. up when you're 16, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You bounce. Yeah, you bounce. Some, something weird, though, that I do want to think about. Like, remember back in the day, right? Fanati and Banyaya were in the same team. And you look at how Fanati's career has gone. You look at how Banyaya's team have gone. You know, Fanati was miles ahead than Banyaya. Banyaya didn't even score a point, I think, in that year in the VR46, whilst um, yep. Fanati was, you know, beast mode in it, um, winning races and stuff like that. And it's crazy how their careers have just gone. Like, Fanati's getting his, like, second, second chance and may have failed at his second, second chance. And um, mm-hmm. with Banaya's won the race move. today, you know? And you're like, wow. Yeah. Like, wow. Is, is that a, a thing of maybe... Fanati shouldn't have flounced off with the Riders Academy and maybe listened to Rossi. Well, that's the thing, right? These riders at least... His career would be in a very different place. Right. I think four riders have now left the, you know, the VR46 Academy. You've got Nicolo Bulliger, who's now in World Supersport. You've now got ba- uh, Baldazari, oh, yeah. who's now in World Supersport. You've got Fanati, whose career is fucked and probably end up in World Supersport. I did swear, sorry about that. And then uh, Foggia, who's doing all right. Uh, he's doing well, should I say. You know, Foggia out of the four is mm-hmm. um, really the only one that's kind of got out all right. The others have kind of... Yes. Yeah. The grass ain't greener. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. That's but a conspiracy. It's... When you're a part of the VR46 mm-hmm. Academy, Dorna and all, like, give them an extra 10 HP in their bikes and make them perform better. <laughs> then when you leave the VR46 yeah. Academy, you lose that and then obviously you lose your skill and yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, gotta be it. That's a conspiracy. No, 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 yeah, it's so got to be it, haven't it? But then speaking of Foggia, I don't know, like if I was a Moto2 team looking at Foggia now, I'd be kind of thinking, eh, I don't know. I, I mean, if I there's a bike that you can, I mean, he's second what, in is the he, championship. Is he second in the cha- He's second in the championship, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's you. a tricky one I'm when you're you on can. the when you're on the Leopard. You've got yeah. you know that. 
you would almost class that as a sort of uh, yeah an edge. And if you're not, <laughs> if 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 that's not sort of um, giving you a real advantage, and I mean, sure, he's really outperforming Suzuki. Yeah, massively but hard at the minute. That's the thing, but, right? I want to go into an issue quickly. While to expand oh, no, no, on your do, point, do, do, and then do. we can go back to you. So mm-hmm. with the Leopard team, right? They force their riders to use a certain setup. Suzuki is struggling this year because he is being forced to use a setup that he doesn't really like, doesn't really work with. Jamie Messia, when he was with a team, struggled. As soon mm. as he got his own setup and was allowed to use his own setup, the same race weekend, he won the race. Yep. I think Foggia is maybe adapted to his setup or can use his own setup, but Suzuki can't. Mm. Um, so I just wanted At to put that point yet. in. But yeah, go back to your, your point. I just wanted to add that into your well, point. Well, I now can't really remember my point and I want to ask you about So by setup, do you Sorry. mean like suspension and, and, and Everything. seat height? Yeah, suspension, like just... drivetrain, like fork. Like gearing? Even like, and... Yeah, gearing, yeah, gearing yeah. like forks, wow, okay. shock, the lot. What, so are we saying yeah. that Foggia maybe has a bit more control over that than Suzuki does? Or Foggia's just think... adapted? Well, Foggia also has a year and a half over Suzuki of that setup. Well, that's I true. think Foggia has a lot of control in the team, like in the way that for him to be going on live television last year and going, I'm leaving this team, this is bull crap, you know, I'm moving up to Moto2 next year. And then suddenly two weeks later, he's like happy families of a team and he's staying for another year. You're like, oh, what is going mm. on here? That was that was like, you know, like um, when people keep breaking up and then going back together on Facebook. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's what that was like. Well, they it's won't be. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's very suspect, you know. And now, then he went and suddenly his form picked up incredibly over the last. You know, he did that. He break up with them, and then suddenly his form picked up, and he was going from like being twenty third one weekend and third the next weekend to being podium, 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 podium. And you're like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Conspiracy. He just had a gin and tonic and went out dancing with his girls, didn't he? That's what it was. It's just a bit, yeah. A, you know, going back to conspiracy, it's just a bit <laughs> Facebook suspect. breakup. And, um, yeah, it oh, is. I, right, okay. No, sorry, carry on. There is more that I can't, I'm actually literally not allowed to talk about with the Leopard situation. But I can tell you, Cameron, at the end, once mm. it stopped rolling. Yay. But, um, but it's, <laughs> oh, yeah, because everybody's, that's going to make everybody super happy. <laughs> I don't even care. They can, they can sit in intrigue. You can sit and bathe in the intrigue now of what I'm going to get know. so many more followers and DMs. That's after it. This I just podcast. want a sponsor, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to really yeah, get a sponsor. If any whiskey sponsor wants to know the answer, we can tell you for mm. a sponsorship. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on Monkey Shoulder this week. It's a, I don't normally drink blends, but it's a blend of uh, Speyside single malts. And uh, I have to say, it's very nice. In fact, bad. I need to have another one. Sick. Cam's getting hammered. It's, it's not off, but yeah, um, one, one guy who's been listening to our pod since the start, he said one of his favourite things now is hearing Cam's whiskey bottle pop. <laughs> there it is. Pub. <laughs> but yeah, um, right, shall we go into these like Moto 3s, 2s and GP and um, oh, on, do the then. predictions well, and all that? Considering you yeah. said at the start, oh, I just want to make this an hour and we're 52 minutes in. I know, shush, okay, right, it's fine. <laughs> um, Dick, well, I said we can do over an hour. Um, So, obviously, predictions. So if you're a new oh listener, we do a prediction each week and we predict the podiums and who can get pole position and there are points to be won. 
So, for the order, we get one point if you get pole position. You get one point for any position on the podium. So, for example, if you predicted Mark Marcus to finish third on the podium, but he finished second, you score a point. If you correctly predict a position on the podium, for example, you predict Mark to finish third, he finishes third, you get five points. If you correctly predict the winner of the race, you get 10 points. And people are actually playing along with this at home as well, which is actually awesome. Mm. If you correctly predict all podium finishes, but they're incorrect, you get 15 points and that doesn't stack to the 10 and 5 that I've already said. Doesn't stack. So It's just a mm. flat 15. It's just a bonus, for example. So you could get, you know, oh, I got the winner right, but then second and third were wrong. You'd only get 12 points, but with this, you get 15. So, you know, um, Mm. how convenient. All three, <laughs> you get 15 points. Um, and if you correctly predict all three, you get 25 points. That's third, Ooh. second, and first correctly in their right positions, 25 points. So it's a good setup. It's we, a good, it's we, a good scoring go, system. Did we go end up deciding on 30 if we get pole as well instead of 26 no we didn't no one's ever said that to me no I don't think we did no but that's a good idea because we could do 30 for a full sweep so let's do that 30 yeah just a nice reward and a sweep sicko mode I'm just crying though because it's an extra thing to lose I know that's it like all I'm thinking now is god if I have another cursed weekend like this weekend yeah. and I am so, done but anyway we'll get to it carry on well <laughs> yeah Cameron was leading the standings quite comfortably very recently but as time has gone he slipped down so I did say this, this was going to happen yeah. I did say I, you know I'm good um, at the flyaways and now that we're back at uh, back in Europe that's it, you know, that's it yeah like, the season Gimini. actually starts yeah the season started that's it I'm falling um, away now. before we go any further as well I would just like to apologise for my uh yeah, I was going to mention that. Completely ruining of Ryan. Yeah, so... Like, I feel quite bad. Leaving Portimao, <laughs> Ryan was on 22 points. However, <laughs> Jacob has been reading his his uh, predictions in the wrong order, which is, well, just stupid of you. So... Well, it, 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 it wasn't in how it was written, I think. Mate, I, I, no. I, I, he I was think doing, it's justified. He was putting it in order and you were reading bottom up. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. You, I, you, <laughs> You like, screenshotted it to us, and I was like, "No, you. How have you taken it that way?" <laughs> yeah, well, either way, what I've done now for this week, just to be absolutely sure, is I'm going to put first, second, and third next to the prediction. Oh, well right. done! Wow. So Ryan actually did correctly predict Quattararo to win in Portimao. So well done, Ryan. You don't even listen to this podcast. Um, I don't even know why yeah, he does. About. Does he actually listen? He does. To it? Oh, well done, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Um, so yeah, Ryan did actually predict. Portimao to winning in Portimao. So well done, Ryan. Um, so going into this race weekend, I lead the standings because I'm a beast with 47 points. Cameron's in second with 43. I did eck out a big lead, but Cameron has etched it in a bit. Jacob was in third with 36 points and Ryan has gone from 22 points to 31 in fourth. Solid. So he's five Ooh, points behind. But going into the Moto3... We'll do a bit, a little bit of Moto3 discussion. This we had Guevara take pole position. None of us got it right. I went for Messia. Jacob went for Garcia. Cameron Sasaki. Ryan Garcia. So zero. Sasaki was the absolute opposite as well. He started at yeah, the back. Yeah, he started last. <laughs> that was it. That, that was yeah, the I signal. Was that was the signal to be like, this is it, Cam. You are mm. done. 
You're done now. <laughs> game over. <laughs> game so, over. Guevara won the race. Garcia second and Messia third. Yep. Gotta be happy with Gar- Guevara. Yeah. Yes. So I went for Gar- Guevara first and Garcia second and Minho third. So I scored 15 points. Well done. Jacob went for Guevara first, Garcia second, and Artigas, who was there, he was in the mix. Jacob, it was bold and nearly came off. Yeah, so Jacob scored 15 points. Hang, hang on, hang, hang on, hang on. Hang what? Did you not say the points for Are second and third is 15? Yeah, for incorrect... Right, okay. So on. if you get first and second right, you're not going to get third wrong, are you? If you've got all... Because then you get 25. Carry on. Oh, anyway, Cameron <laughs> went for Foggia third, who didn't score any points. Well oh done. God, what Sasaki second, who started from last, did do quite well. And he, Onshu... Yeah, it could have been who, there. Onshu nearly got a podium, to be fair. <laughs> I equally could have had 15 points. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, uh, if you, Sasaki hadn't been at the back of the grid... He could have been second, and Onchu yeah. was nearly first. If so, it was. If, I, th- if I think buts. Sasaki, I think Sasaki wrecked his tires on the way through. To be yeah, honest. I mean, and so yeah. But much anyway, like Dennis Foggia, Cameron scored a big fat zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's that's unfair considering how close Onchu and Sasaki were to the podium. That's yeah. that's a kick in the plums, that is. Yeah, that's the um, way it works. That's the and game. Ryan. Went for Messia first. Messia was third, so he gets a point. And he picked Garcia second and Foggia third. So Ryan gets six points. So the standings now go. Me first. 62 points from 47. Disgusting. Jacob in second with 51 points from 36. That's wrong. No, it's not. It's right. That is right. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. It is right. I was going to say it is right. Cameron has stayed third with forty-three, and Ryan is now up to thirty-seven points in fourth. Yes. Hey, so, you know we all have an off weekend. It's fine. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I. I think we've gotten to the point on this pod now where people don't even care about the race reviews. They just want the points. Pretty <laughs> much. Um, <laughs> going into the three, though, only two Honda scored points. And the yeah, top Scotty eleven, Ogden. the top eleven with pure KTM's and big man Scott Ogden, well done, Scotty, what in twelfth was the fastest Honda. Um, <laughs> this is where the Honda were across the board for Honda riders. It wasn't like um, you know just the odd Honda rider. It was every single one. Dennis Foggia had issues basically with his bike where the tire was messing up and pushing in. I don't understand. Yeah, flexing too much. Yeah, mm. basically, just, so he didn't have any structural support in order to uh, yeah. turn in. And so he was like shaking his head, going down the streets, and um, yeah, he was really going for it with that, wasn't he? Every every single time, every time he, he was on I screen, think he, he was, was like, trying oh, to tell God. his team what was happening to the tire. Yeah, it's going inside the side. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah, just so the tire, it. <laughs> the tire dropped off very quickly, and then it was pushing the bike, and you couldn't stop. You could mm. break and tire messed like, up. Honda were painted worse as well because the only one in the league group, Ricardo Rossi, crashed out. And even then, he was yeah. losing touch. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was dropping down the order as well. Like, yeah. Mm. And his um, one didn't one even thing mind. I did want to mention, though, um, how cool was it to see 
pretty much every version of the KDM in top six. Yeah. <laughs> you got the Husky, like, you got the CF QJ Motor had come in as well. It was yeah. colorful. Yeah, it was. Like it was, hmm. it was really good. Like it, if like Mattel or Bartolini had been up there as well, we would have had all five of them. Well, like in the top ten, Bartolini if, if, um, are classed as a KTM on the uh, standings. Oh, they are KTM, are they? Right, yeah. QG motor must just be the sponsor, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had every single one in the top six. Yeah, we did. And um, first, second, and third finish where they qualified with a gas, gas, Aspar. 1-2, so it was Spanish riders on the 1-2-3. It was Spanish team in 1-2, Spanish sponsors, Spanish circuit, Spanish manufacturer. You know, it was... Um, good yeah, day to be Spanish. It. Yeah, good day to be Spanish. And this, now they are 67 points ahead of Leopard in the team's championship. Blimey that's healthy. Heck. Yeah, that, that, that's like... I mean, it could just be whittled away by 50 of Nero school and Tatsuki and... Well, and Suzuki's not going to do shit, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, he's struggling, <laughs> yeah. man. He's, uh... Yeah, but like, you know, because you both riders score, it's not as big as it looks. But 67 points is still a healthy margin. Yeah, yes. it is. Um, Matteo Battelle's done really well. I'm quite impressed by Matteo Battelle, to be fair. Mm. He's a... Yeah, what, 11th? He's a good, he's a good rider, is Battelle. Mm-hmm. Mm. But as we said the, in the, towards the end of last season, that uh, there is some talent in the Italian Championship. You don't have to go Chev. Yes, true. That's true. And he proves it. Marrero deserved a better result. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, um... yeah, that long lap done long in, lap. it did. But but, but he, he, he got the warning he like three it. laps in. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Literally, he must have gone wide every single one of the first three laps. He got which it very early on. Compromised his race. Mm. Yeah. Damn, really good ride yeah. though. Yeah, like to All be. In. To be the gas gas CEO right now. Oh yeah. You've got to be thinking, oh see, si, see. Si, money, money, money. Si. <laughs> si, yeah. mm. Well, uh, bueno. it's part of KTM, but yeah, it did well. And Masia did well. Onshu again missed out on the podium. Artigas finally making a little comeback. Um, How good was Guevara's move? On the last the, corner. Uh, all three. Outside. I was so mad because I knew what it meant for my <laughs> predictions. I was screaming. Because the, oh the thing is, it's it's so risky to go around the outside of that corner because if yeah. one person loses the front, then bang, you were gone. gone with it. Well, that's like, what happened they, last year, wasn't it? it? To Messia? Last year. No, yeah. that's because Dennis Onchu decided Monsieur. to just break 30 meters <laughs> yeah. later last year. Yeah. Just went bowling Which instead. doesn't help. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Um, outrageous that, 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 that is the move of the year so far I've seen nothing else that I've even like where I've been blown I don't know Gar- Garcia on Foggia at uh, Argentina was pretty tasty oh, was as well it a great move but yeah. less Gravara's riders involved genuinely, yeah. Gravara's genuinely made me watch through my eyes nobody mm. else has done that this season I guess like Jerez is a I don't know it was just a bit special this weekend wasn't it with the atmosphere yeah, it was- and it was great. Just the it's whole weekend wasn't. Yeah, it was just. It was a. It was a. It was a blooming good watch, wasn't it? It was very good. Very nice. Very nice. Mm. Um, very good. Very nice. Right. Let's move to Moto Two, Bryce, with these uh, predictions. Yeah. Uh, um, oh. So obviously, uh, Ayagura got pole position. <laughs> I went for Agura. Jacob went for Lowe's. Cameron went for Agura. Did I? A single point. You went he for did. Yes. And Ryan yes. went for Vietti. So the camera gets a point. Well done. Yes. Well, uh, 
That is the only point you scored in Moto2. I may just want to add to that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no. Build him up and shoot him down. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Pride comes the before hell. the fall. But there is Pride comes and before the fall. The like. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got right. Won the race in Moto2. His very first victory. Again, ahead yeah. of, ahead of amazing Aaron ride. Yeah, amazing, mm. amazing. Ahead of Aaron Cannett, Antonio Bellino. Mm. I went for Ayagura to win. Cambobia in second, who did DNF, and <laughs> Tony Albolino in third. So I oh. get another 15 points. Nice. Ah, yeah. Honestly, Let's I hate go. you so much. Bobia, I don't know what the hell happened this weekend. It's weird. He qualified poorly, didn't finish the race. It was. It was did, he had an off on Friday, oh. didn't he? Yeah, I will mm, think uh, quite a lot. It was still. It was. Old. It's because John Hopkins is like amazing new girlfriend wasn't around to. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, horrendous. Oh, honestly, I I've unfollowed him. It's so I, bad. I can't deal but with. Like, it. I cannot deal with hold it. Hold on, but like the whole American racing team put out a graphic for like two hundred twenty five thousand followers, and she was all over it. And you're like, what is going on? Oh, honestly, she's very like, famous though. She's got like eight million yeah, followers. Yeah, she's very right. famous in Indonesia. I want to say. Oh, so that's very meta. So it's quite new then. Yeah, so huh. I just, I just sort of, I've unfollowed him. It's just, you know, quite annoying. Um, but yeah, yeah bad predictions. You're a disgusting man, Jacob. But anyway, <laughs> Jake, why am I disgusting? No. Because I don't want to see it. Yeah, I know what you say. This is lonely. Sadly, do behind the scenes. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to predictions. That makes it sound like I can't murder people. Back to predictions. With um, a mustache like that. Anyway, predictions. Jacob went for some cat Chantra to win, who crashed out. He went for <sighs> Aldegar second, who crashed out. And he mm. went for Agora third, who won the race. So Jacob gets a point. Well done, Jacob. Mm, well done. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's harsh to say Fermin crashed out. Cameron went for Chantra to win. Who crashed? Uh, Bobia second. Who crashed? And Vietti third. Where did he, Vietti even finish? He was, six. He was yeah, sick. terrible race. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one point for you for that. He um, shouldn't have been sixth. To be fair, I mean, it's not, it was a yeah. war of attrition, really. I mean, he should have been tenth. Yeah, with everyone should. that crashed out in front of him. But anyway, that's me um, just. Uh, you know, doing myself a disservice yeah. again. Carry on. So yeah. Cameron, no, not Cameron. Ryan went for Pedro Costa. Who crashed out? Oops. Uh, Arbolino second who finished third and then Vietti third so after that I finished with 15 points ahead and Jacob Cameron and Ryan scored one point apiece oh you're so smart so, looking at your face right now like I could tell you're just kind of like it's, it's as if you're being sort of yeah just saying a matter of fact but I can so tell humble. I can yeah. tell you're just seeing your face that you love so, yourself anyway yeah well <laughs> you know after that one um, I go from 62 points. I did start with 47 to 77. So I've had a 30 to my lead. Um, well done. Jacob is now in second still with 52. So I've got a 25 point lead over you. Um, Cameron in third. Cameron in third with 44. And Ryan in fourth with 38. You know that sound cap? That's the Jaws music of Ryan coming after you. Well, the thing dun, is, dun, like, dun, I was dun. like that with uh, Deck last week. I was just, I, I was yeah. clawing back one or two points here and yeah, there. Yeah, what, nope. <laughs> what's the maximum you can score? 30 and, oh, 90 in a whole weekend. Now with this full sweep, yeah. you can score 90 points in a whole weekend. Oof. Yeah, like that is, you know, that's, 
that's a game changer if you pull it off. Well, I've got 77, there's, there's so you can, that. like, i got 77, so you could, like, take my entire point score and double it. Like, yeah. The odds of getting a, a clean sweep on each class is so oh, is, if, if I did that, right, I would go and buy a lottery ticket. Because <laughs> yeah. the odds are probably better of me winning the lottery ticket. Yeah, because you've got so many variables. You've got the podium, which is over 24 riders, and you got each. It's you're looking in the tens of millions. It's not like F one, is it? Where you pretty much know where you, who's finishing where. Kind yeah, this yeah. season. I mean, it's yeah, just it's... throwing darts at a board and seeing yeah, what, yeah. You know, where it ends up. Yeah. Anyway. So in Motor Two, um, didn't actually realise Vietti did as well as he did. To be fair, um, and Zaccone yeah, in eleven. If you did mention him, um, yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to Ben Schneider as well. Big man Barry Baltus, who did come home with two points again, he's doing good. But Stefano Manzi, who came in as a last-minute thing, yes. missed Friday and got thirteenth. That's 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 decent, mate. He's not finished in Moto Two. Oh, he's he completely finished in Moto Two. He's absolutely terrible. But you know, he's he was good got, as a replacement rider. Well, let's he's... just say Aaron Canet replaced him, and with a broken hand, finished second today. So. Yeah. I no, think he's, he's not washed. Uh, I, I definitely think he's better than Kubo. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's not hard. I mean, come on. Uh, be nice. Kubo is not is not Motor material, man. Come on, no. man. No, I think uh, I think it was harsh to, to say Manzi's finished in Motor 2 when he's come in with no practice. You're a Manzi fan. Nothing you say means anything because you're a Manzi fan. Anyway, moving on. Oh, I was bloody impressed. Yeah, impartial voices on this podcast Manzi, only, please. please, men, notice me, senpai. <laughs> notice me. But, um, no, like, genuinely, like, even if it wasn't, like to come in on a Saturday and then finish it, I'd be well impressed. Yeah, anyway, moving on from your little Manzi Tomzesh. Um so I found no Lorenzo Dalla Porta scored his uh, first Lorenzo Dalla Porta scored his first points of the season and lost a place in the championship over it. So yeah, work that one out. Because <laughs> be actually because Manzi overtook him. <laughs> What's <to> that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a lovely fact right there. That's wow. a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah Dal- Dalaport is going to be looking at that championship now of a guy who raced an entire Saturday and Sunday has overtaken him. Wow. I feel so <laughs> bad for Dalaport. And really, I mean, he has yeah. such promise and it's just. He's not built champ. for Moto 2, man. He should He's... go on the Super Sport. He'd clean up in there. But not even that. Like, he should just stay in Moto 3. Yeah, but you can only do that for so many years, can't you? Like John McPhee. No, there's no age limit. Yeah, there, oh, in yeah, Motor 3. 28, sorry, yeah. Like Come he's nowhere near the age limit, is my point. Yeah, he's like 23 now. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got a good couple of years. There's a good chance he could win like three more titles. Oh, he can be finally our modern era Angel yeah. Nieto, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like back in the day, back in oh, my he's, day. He's 25 this year, so he's only got three yeah. years later. Yeah, you know, that's three titles if Dalaporta plays it right in Moto 3 on a Leopard. <laughs> uh, that's the thing, though. He could actually go back to Leopard. That's not yeah. even like. But it's like back in the day of 125s, 250s, and 500s. People you could make an years. entire career out of being a small bike specialist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. Many riders did. Why is it now so important to get out to, of Moto 3? Yeah, it's just not how it's seen anymore, is it? It's seen as a ladder, yeah. isn't it? It's just yeah, not yeah. the perception anymore. And the reality is, it, it's perfectly fine to stay there. As long as you're successful. Yeah, as long as you're doing well and you're not taking yeah, up a seat yeah. like Valentino Rossi did the last few years, then you're fine, you know. 
I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. That's entirely you. You can own that yourself. Lord, I did, did not expect us to be opening that can of worms tonight. But okay, I'm just trying to bring you to bring down the podcast enough. So I may as well just join in. You know, I was. Um, I know a few people who were Rossi fans with the brands this weekend. Oh man, I just saw a video right of brands, and it is packed with Rossi fans. Yeah, yeah it's just a sea of yellow, isn't it? He's yeah. mad though with Rossi because he come? I don't he know. He didn't come top five, did he? No, I don't know. I don't yeah, care. He's not um, doing brilliantly, is he? No, but checked. to be fair, he is a rookie in cars so, and he's not he been is. five races yeah. yet, so you can't sack him just yet. Yeah. Once five races go by, is he yeah. going to get sacked after five yeah. races? But, you know, once five races go by, then of course, five races mm. are more than enough to evaluate a rider's performance and sack him. Um, I was, was going to say there. Hmm. Yeah, Rossi's doing all right. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I know his thing, right? His Instagram reach has fallen off a cliff now. Like, his likes and all that are nowhere near what they were. I'm like, bro, like, oh, people really? followed Rossi because they liked Rossi as a racer. But now he's left the sport. They don't care about Valentino Rossi anymore. They only cared about Valentino Rossi as a motorcycle racer because he was the most successful of all time. Now that he's not racing there, he's not the most successful of all time. They don't care about MotoGP and they don't care about Rossi either. I mean, it's yeah, just such a bunch of bandwagoners just hopping onto, oh, okay, they're the best person ever. Um, okay, I'll follow you in this sport. Like, they're probably like Messi fans or they're probably Barcelona fans. I wonder know, if Marquez has seen a bump in numbers. Fabio will have seen a bump. Yeah. And probably Peco. Oh, Fabio gained 700,000 followers in like two months. Hmm. And he's only Which got 2.1 mil. I imagine Peco's right. have flown up because he's like the... Yeah, but almost Rossi. And it's safe no to follow him is. again now. And obviously after this weekend. Mark is mm. losing Mark when he got injured though was losing followers like mad. That's because like, I checked uh, his social blade and Mark was losing followers like mad. Like literally like ten thousand a day. I hate I'd be quite interested to see how many um Mooney gained. They've got a million followers now already. Actually, yeah, no, I guess I can't I can't say a million because it was Sky VR forty six the whole time, but they've gained they've hit a million followers now on Instagram. Yeah, like right. that's what I'm saying. Like that all the Rossi fans are probably following that team now. Hmm. Ez and Luca, isn't it? It's just sad to see that people aren't because they knew, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you're a Rossi fan, cool, whatever. But it's like, you weren't even a Rossi fan, man. Well, you're just it. following yeah. the guy because they're just the hyped up just guy. They're invested in the idea of the person more than the person yeah. themselves. And it's, it's a real yeah. shame. It's really sad. It's been really refreshing that we haven't heard hardly any booing. <laughs> I did hear all the chants today, Valley, yeah. Valley. Like, that's okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, I haven't heard, like, aside from the odd dude here and there, no booing of, of a certain certain Repsol Honda rider. Mm. That's because he's not been on the podium previously. yet. He's not been on the podium yet, so <laughs> get him on the podium like, at Mugello. We've seen him and get booed as he's gone past us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Him at Mugello. If he gets on the box at Mugello, he's going to get booed. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Mm. Yeah. I, but, I don't know. Well, I think the, all perception, the, fans will be on. the perception's kind of slightly shifting a little bit because now Marquez is almost one of the only links left to like Rossi's not glory Old days, era. but when Rossi could like really still be competitive, Marquez is still one. Yeah. Is only the one of the only links. He's the last alien. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's the way of put. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's sort of like oh, he's he's still a link to that now, and I think people are kind of warming to. Well, maybe not warming to that. Marquez but has gained a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. Marquez has yeah. gained a lot of fans. Tolerated. Like I see comments all the time, and people are like, oh. 
you know, I hated Marquez for years and I'm like, for years and now I'm like a massive Marquez fan because of what he's gone through and what he's come yeah. through and come back as. And people are like, oh, you know, I was a fan of Rossi and hated Marquez because of this. But now I'm like, oh, actually, I like Marquez now. I think mm. a lot of people have kind of turned over and gone, you know what, think, Mark ain't actually that bad. <laughs> the thing yeah. is, though, historically, the Rossi fans hated Biagi. They hated Gibbonette. Oh, yeah. They hated Lorenzo. They hated, hated Stoner. Stoner, yeah. there's a theme they kind of you know you were saying about how the people are coming around to Marquez because oh because of everything they've been through like they might justify it that way to themselves but actually I think it's more nostalgia based than that there's this whole new garden fed the hatred constantly that's where it is yeah and like they're not looking for Marquez now in the standings and seeing his name 15 places ahead of Rossi yeah, there's less All of like a sudden he's not a threat. sectarianism within the sport now, I guess. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's just that Marquez now is the last standing member of 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 you know people always look back on you know a decade prior with rose tinted glasses and they see it as the you know, the glory days or whatever. Because I mean, you know, like 2012, 13, 14, 15, whatever. I mean, you had um, you know you had your guys like Stoner or Lorenzo or and Marquez, obviously, and Rossi, like all battling and being these sort of icons of the sport. Looking back at that now, there it's really rose-tinted, even though back then a lot of people were filled with hatred and vitriol and everything. But now the only one that still stands is Marquez. And sure, he's been through a lot, but I think that's not the reason that you know mm-hmm. people might use that to justify why they now like Marquez, being like, oh, yeah. he's been through a lot. But actually, it's just they miss those days as is natural and that's just the way it goes and like I'm kind of the same you know like Marquez he's obviously he's 28 not an old guy but he's getting on for a MotoGP rider really yeah he is. he's 29 now yeah, he's, he's, he's 30 next year <laughs> yeah that really hurts because we are that age to I see know that. and like <laughs> so for for someone who's I guess you'd maybe consider as the old guard to still be scrapping at the front really um, people mm-hmm. people like that. That's just the way it goes. And then in 10 years, if you see your guys like Quartararo and Bagnaia are still maybe not winning races because there's all these new young guns like killing well, it. You've got then... to remember, Aleish is the second oldest guy on the grid and look at him now. So Yeah, that's, that's Who's the oldest? Dovi. Yeah, yeah. And people just love Dovi. Sarko can't be far off. Yeah. Sarko's third, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, sorry, I've went on a rant about like human psychology and, and nah, nostalgia. Good, carry there. on. <laughs> I respect it. Um, no, I I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, but I, think, I do also think there's a. There, I think you're mostly right, but the fact that it's no longer a direct competition plays a part as well. Yeah. If yeah. Rossi was still racing right it's, now, despite what Marquez has been through. They would still hate them because Marquez would be still be beating Rossi. Exactly, yeah, that's what I it's mean. It's not Marquez versus Rossi anymore. It's yeah. Marquez versus himself. That, that, Marquez versus time. That's exactly what I mean. Marquez is now the only link back to mm. that sort of Rossi era and you know these aliens yeah. guys. And and well, now that Rossi's not on the yeah. track anymore, the that that divide that I don't want to call Rossi it sectarianism, but you know that thing that vitriol yeah. is no longer playing a part in in every race. And people yeah. are like, oh yeah, like, I don't know. There's just this shift in perception towards Mar- Marquez. There are people that will hate him forever because people are weird. But yeah. It's a 2015. 
yeah, because of 2015, etc. Um, yeah. But it's nowhere the, the near is, the same deal now. Yeah. You know? Like the thing is as well, like back in Rossi's era before massive social media, you could play mind games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if like you start to play mind games, someone could just go online and be like, well, no. You know, you get a million people saying to you, ah, well, that's not true. Yeah, exactly. You can't do it now. There's no mm-hmm. hatred anymore because there's no point. It doesn't give you a game, whereas mind games previously did. And of course, Rossi tried on Marquez, failed. That's another point, sole point. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's still hatred. You know, you're saying like there's no hatred. There's still hatred, but it's not able to fester in the same way. Like you're able to outlet. You're able to get on that keyboard yeah. and warrior your ass off. tweets a lot. Yeah, exactly. Whereas back in, you know, 2008 or whatever, when all these mind games like, are going on, all you've got to do is shout at the telly and it, it you know, it's not the same. It, it's not the same outlet for people that they have now. Um, Can you think of any true hatred now, though, in MotoGP? Now Rossi's gone? Everyone's too nice. Yeah, everyone's really... Like, yeah, everyone's nice to each other. Respect, like, look at, like, Fabio and Peco should hate each other. <laughs> yeah. like, but And then they cut you in. It's, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice to see. It is good It to is see, nice to really. see, but at the same time, you want a bit of needle, don't you? Maybe we need, like, an incident from them. We do. Like, you know, I, yeah. Like, Fabio, like, steps out in front of him to stop him going out of pit lane or something to stop him setting up a lap. Yeah. Like, and then it just explodes from there. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, like tactics like, you know, back in the day when uh, Ross's team went out with scooters onto the, the last place in the grid and, and did burnouts and stuff. You burnouts, know, stuff yeah. like that that seems really underhanded and petty and stupid. And we need things like that yeah. again for people I to get riled I couldn't see Fabio up. taking his team to sweep his starting position very yeah. that way. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, he just wear some stupid clothes and go on Instagram instead. It's just you're right there, Dick. And that's a good yawn. I am, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, carry but, um, on. Let's move on, shall we? Well, we were talking about Moto Two. Um, Not anymore, Chief. And you know, Ayagura has finally won a race. You know, as we said, well deserved. Um, Nailed it. Two and a half seconds. Well done. Yeah, I think we've actually really covered Moto Two. We've he actually did. really covered Moto Two. Um, Hold on. Hey. 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 Let's yeah, go he to the GP. made it look easy. And that's no mean feat in Moto2. Yeah, he did look. Shouldn't brush the, the carpet. He smashed it. Sick. Anyway, let's go to the GP now because I'm actually <laughs> wanting to end this. Um, right. The podcast. So we went to <laughs> pole positions. Um, mate, I've got to be up early in the morning. Bro. Um, oh, love you. I have to go to Shut up, Jacob. So hard done by. Shut up, Jacob. With no excuses. Um, so, Bang so Naya got on pole. And Who quite saw that coming? Actually. Um, Bang Naya, apparently. Um, I went yeah. for Jack Miller. Close. Jacob went for Quattararo. Cameron Martin. And Ryan Quattararo as well. So, zero points across the board Martin. there. Well, to be fair, One idiot. Like, the, what was the last poll was Captain Rossi and O's. I don't know. Oh. I don't care. I want to do the prediction. So we bang night. <laughs> when <laughs> we'll do our own pod, Jacob. We'll just do our own one. <laughs> uh, I'm messing about. Um, bang Naya <laughs> won the race. Cotteraro second and Aleish third. Aleish is on a freaking run at the moment. Yeah. Really yeah, well. boy. Um, all four of us went for Cotteraro to win. 
And he got second. Close. Wow. Yeah, I went, for, I went for Rins second, who crashed and so stayed on. And Miller third, who nearly did, but didn't as well. Um, Jacob went for Rins second as well. We already know what happened there. And Marcus third, which actually was a genuinely solid guess. Yeah. just didn't come to fruition. Um, Cameron went for Zarko and Martin, who both crashed. So well done for that. <laughs> oh, um, disgusting. He put all his eggs in the Pramac basket, didn't he? I mean... I don't know. Zarko was uh, was an outlier there, but I thought Martin would have had way more than he did this weekend. He was really disappointing. That's anyway. pressure being in red, that is. That's He's it. in white and um, blue and wet as well, though. Anyway, Ryan went for Alex Rins and Marquez as well. So we all scored one point. So the final standings going into Le Mans. Is me on 78 in first, Jacob on 53 in second, Cameron on 45 in third, and rounding up the rear, Ryan in 39 points. Oh, considering he missed around yeah, six points off. That's his... solid. That's, I am, um, yeah. Eerie. I'm going to have to pull it yeah. together next week. I'm going to have to actually try next week. I haven't been trying yet, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I just been, uh, you know, I've been playing games. Yeah, well, playing do you know what? Actually, genuinely, though, because we do this sort of live and you guys go first and then I go afterwards I sort of want to pick someone different from what you guys say so I go with like a mm, I don't know nobody's making you pick different you are allowed to pick the same as different you didn't send me that knife in the post I thought it was you saying no I think that's just one of your other enemies that is ah jeez right okay that's what Um, happens when you live in Glasgow anyway that's it that's a hello isn't it so can Alicia Spargo win the title? Yeah. Yes. I actually think he could, you yeah, know. Like, he, he is so consistent, man. He's got him and Quattro are the only people now who've scored three podiums this year. They've Depending, got the seven points between them. Like, it's a uh, madness. Depending on what Bagnaia does this at Le Mans, depending on what Bagnaia does at Le Mans, then, uh, yeah, I think Alicia could do it. I was driving earlier to pick the kids up. And I was sat there and I was thinking, like I was sat in a set of traffic lights and I was just thinking, two years ago, if someone had said to me, oh, Alicia Spargaro and Aprilia are going to be title contenders, even as short as a year ago, I would have asked what they were smoking and whether I could have some. Even when you got on the podium, I'd have said that. Now they've lost their concessions. How far they've come. it's all just knitted together in such a short space of time. Yeah, well, they lost their concessions as of today. Jacob's little false news last time saying they already lost it was false, but they have now lost it as of today, mm. so it doesn't really matter. Um, I think they've I lost it. I was informed otherwise. And I, think, if... I think they lose it at the end of the year. I'm not sure, because people say yeah, they lose they... it today, but I'm like, well, no, because... Yeah, end of the year. Um, what will happen is that Sarah still gets the six wild cards. Um, they still get... I think engine. they lose their testing privileges as of now. But Sava still gets the wild cards amount of six. extra engines, extra fuel. Yeah, um, they, they, they still get the extra engines. And I uh, hope BMW. I hope BMW and KT and Kawasaki are looking at this ascension of Aprilia and thinking, yeah. do you know what? We've got a lot more money than those guys, <clears throat> and mm, look at what yeah. they're doing. You know, if they just, were going to enter, they would have by now. Yeah. I think, <sighs> The but then BMW have had opportunities. They, they even had McWilliams test the bike like in a, when it was 800s. 
you know, it got to the point where they were testing it around Almeria and then just never bit the bullet. They had a suitor as well, didn't they? It was Scott Eden rode a, a few times. Um, mm. But, you know, like, it's Alicia's just doing so well. Like, his consistency, that's the thing. Like, he's always been very, very, very consistent. And mm. now if he can keep up being a consistent podium finisher... And like when he was battling for the win, his first win, he was ice cool. You know, it wasn't like making errors. He was ice cool. And I think he can, hmm. maybe, I think he can genuinely do it, man. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Alish has always been consistent, but consistently seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Yeah. yeah. Now the level of bike and rider combined is podium slash win. Mm-hmm. He's still retaining that consistency while shooting up the table. But then the wow. inconsistency, the inconsistency of everyone around him, though, is also mm. playing into his hands. You know, because if course. it was if it was like Fabio in uh, last year, then you well, would be like, oh, well, already, already, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But um, the fact that nobody else consider, seems to be able to find the rhythm that Aleish has found, it bodes I'd really like well. I like to consider bronze third place in the championship exceeded expectations for Aleish, let alone a win. I think even top five would be exceeding expectations because he's on an Aprilia, mm. which is, let's be real, it's still an unproven quantity right now in a lot of places. Yes. Um, I think it's nice with these concessions, though. Like, we've seen over time, I remember when we saw Suzuki lose their concessions and then KTM lose their concessions and now Aprilia lose their concessions. Now there's no bike on the grid with concessions. It's amazing. I bet KTM wish they had theirs back. Yeah. (laughs) It it works. It Mm. it genuinely works. It's one of the few unique things. Mm -hmm. They've done so well. Can can a manufacturer get... There's no downside. Can they get them back? Yeah. Yeah. Other than nearly got them. If Marquez hadn't come back in 2021... No, if if Alex Marquez hadn't got those podiums in 2020, they would have had the concessions. Yeah. What's the criteria? If Marquez hadn't won in... um, I think it's a dry race podium in two years. If you've not had a dry race podium in the last two years, you will gain concessions back. Like It's it's on a point system. But if Marquez hadn't won a race after coming back last season, Honda still wouldn't have gotten enough points to beat the concessions and they would have had concessions this season if Mark hadn't won at Saxon Ring. Hmm. I'm not sure about it because I think it's just if you don't get a podium all season long as a manufacturer. Like it's two seasons. It's two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure but yeah. I wrote an article about it a while back and it's, it's two. Fair enough. Um, hmm. But yeah, you know, it's it's nice to see them kind of finally getting where they need to be. And Neo Bastianini is still third somehow. Um, so yeah, contest testament to him. That's 50 of his points. Yeah, he's done true. Um, he's doing well, and Bang Nair is shot up. He's shot yeah. up 10 places today to 5th overall from 10th. You know, it just shows Jorge what one Martin. win can do. And yeah, Jorge Martin is 13th, man. Unlucky for some. Ouch. Yes. Yeah, so, a Ducati curse. That's it. Right, mm-hmm. I want to go to bed. Should we do these predictions for Le Mans and then finish up? Lemons, go on in, yeah. Yeah. Dick. Okay, right. I, I got actually, as well. So I need to think of mine because I haven't actually thought of mine yet. No, no come on, do it off the fly. fly. Yeah, I no, do it off the fly. I do it off the fly. It makes it more interesting. Come on, no mm-hmm. sharp. Um, <laughs> free pole. Garcia, the beast. Brave. Um, Jacob, motor free pole. I'm gonna go with Sasaki. Yeah, I think. Uh, Cameron, where are we, Lamont? 
Yeah. Mm. Might be Milan. raining, remember? It's Might be raining. Uh, Messia? Okay. Okay, yeah. and Ryan? Ryan went for... Hasn't even got his phone out already. Hold on. I didn't expect Cam to answer so quick. I won't lie. I thought he'd take a bit of deliberation into account. Uh, I mean, really, like I said, it's, it's just a guess. Garcia. <laughs> okay, right. And I'm going to go for the race win to go to... Chan Onsu. Bahrain. I kept thinking of somebody else, but my brain's... Chan Onsu. Chan Onsu. Onsu. Fuck off. <laughs> Um, no, he said it. He said it. That's it. That's his prediction. <laughs> that would be a hell of a win if Chan Ochu wins. Yeah. <laughs> Second, Garcia again. And third, I'm going to go really boring and say Guevara. Hey, Jacob. Boring means points. Messiah for the win. Second. Second. Garcia. Yeah. Third, Sasaki. Okay, and Cameron. I'm just going to re-jumble those. So I'm going um, Garcia for the win. Yeah. Dezaki second. And Messia third. Because honestly, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's Le Mans. <laughs> it's Le Mans. Yeah, it's Le Mans. It could be raining. It'll be, probably be cold. And yeah. Ryan, as if it was Ryan hard went. enough to predict anyway. Yeah, that's it. Just add a bit of French drizzle into the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And... Ryan went Guevara for the win. Yeah. Masia second. Yeah. Andrew third. Sick. Okay, oh, yeah, right. Um, Motor two, pole position. I'm going to go with Aaron Cannon. Right. Uh, Jacob, pole. Arbelino. And third. No, Cameron, pole. Uh... Oh. Gosh, um, Agura. I, I hope he's found some kind of divine. Well, he did him last time when he kind, did it. Yeah, after I hope he's found some kind of divine wind where he's just on a roll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Ryan, you went with Sam Lowe's. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Um, right. I've gone for Can it to win. Arbolino second. Vietti third. Um, right. And Jacob, winner? Uh, first, Arbolino. You know, yeah. Second, Aaron Canet. And third? Well, this is where I'm going to throw my one outlier that I always do in. Jorge Navarro. Interesting. He likes cold conditions. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> of what? Old- <laughs> Hold up, I'm changing something. I haven't said it yet on my prediction. So oh, here fine. we go. Uh, huh. I bet he's putting a KTM in there because it's going to be cold or wet or right. something. Cameron, for the win in Motor 2? For the win, I, I, I hope Agora does the uh, pull to does win. Does double. Yes. Um, second. Ugh. It's hard to bet against Canet getting a second. He likes a second yeah. place, doesn't he? He does, to be fair. Oh, it's so frustrating. Mm. And then third, I'm going to go with Lowe's. Okay. Samuel Ryan. Lowe's. Ryan went for first Arbolino, 
Second. Can it. Third. <laughs> Ogre. Okay, right. This is my chain. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Pole position, Moto 3P. I'm going Fabio Cotoraro. Hmm. Okay, Jacob Pole. Johan Zarco. Nice. Hmm. Um, Cameron. <laughs> Oh, I, just to be different. Well, I mean, to be different from you guys, I'll go with Bagnaya. Nice. Okay. And I'm Ryan. My Pekka was. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, well, yeah, then. <laughs> not very different. Okay. So, yeah, my change, late change. I mentioned the cold conditions. I'm going for Bargaro to win. Oh, okay. He did well mm. at Silverstone cold conditions. And I've gone Quateraro's. Yeah, he got podium. First Honda podium. Quateraro. Uh, Second and Bangnaya third. Jacob, I didn't put Fabio a lace on the podium. I didn't put a lace on the podium. Yeah, that's where I'm going with this. Okay. I'm putting Fabio for the win. Yeah. I'm going to put Zarko second. Okay, and Aleish third. third. And if this doesn't come off, because I haven't put him on the podium the last couple of times <laughs> and he's gotten it, It'll be proof that I curse him. And because I wanted to win the title, I'll never put him on the podium again. Good shout. Okay. Cameron, winner? Winner. Pecco. Pecco mode. And second. Quartararo. And third. I just realized I'm going with today's podium, Malaysian third. (laughs) 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 Didn't even occur to me at all right now. Oh, well. That's, that's um, it. Lock it in. Ryan went Fabio first. Yeah. Mark second. And third. Oh, I should have went with Miller. He, did, he won last year, right? I did have Miller and removed mm. him in the last second. Um, well. Sick. Right. That is everything. I'm actually quite tired. Huh. Um, kind of take a look at you two. Um, yeah. Seems, seems. So I am well, ready to go to bed. So I hope you listen to this, hope you listen to this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> listening to this podcast. If you're this far in, I'm really sorry. Um, magically you heard this without listening to it. Thick. Yeah, I hope you enjoy your week. Uh, we'll try and get guests on next week. They'll probably um, bail on us again. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. And yeah, ciao, sick. Bye. Bye. Bye.